Hey there, Permission Nation. I have a question for you. Have you ever tried to figure out what is the best type of business for you to go after? In other words, what should be your micro niche focus? What would be the most profitable type of business for you to go after? Have you ever really struggled with trying to figure out what really to target? Well, that's what today's podcast episode is all about. Today, we're going to talk about your most profitable micro niche. Stay tuned. Buckle up. Here we go. What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Welcome back, Permission Nation. My name is Charles Specht. I am the host of this podcast, Millionaire Insurance Producer, and it is great to be with you. Today's a solo podcast episode. I'm going to be talking about probably one of the most uh, asked about topics I ever received from insurance agents. That is, it has to do with regarding the type of business or industry you should target. I don't know exactly how long ago it was. I think it was probably close to about 10 years ago where I began to coin the idea of a micro niche. You know, you hear a lot of different people talking about niches, and I like the uh, the idea of niches, and frankly, it's probably better... translated or said niche, but it doesn't rhyme with rich. That's why we call it niche, right? Um, The riches are in the niches. But if I can really take this a step further, I want to take it where I really feel it needs to go, and that is dialing it down, getting more focused. I refer to it like you're putting something under a microscope. You're looking at something and really try to see where, where its true value is at, its real substance. That's why I call it micro niche. A lot of things that people refer to as micro niches are really more uh, really more of a, an industry. They might refer to something like construction or manufacturing or healthcare or, or real estate. Those are large umbrellas and they encompass a lot of different things. They, those are more of an industry rather than a niche. A micro niche is something where we go much deeper. And today we're going to talk about how you can pick the right one. How do you choose what micro niche or frankly micro niches to go after? And it doesn't matter if you are an individual producer or you are an agency principal. The more dialed down and truly focused you get, the more profitable your agency is going to be and the larger your book of business is going to be because 
insurance agents, producers who are micro-niched tend to do much better in regards to their marketing. They get better results. They have a much clearer message, a much more clear message when they're speaking to their prospects. They set more appointments. They write more accounts. They also tend to write bigger revenue-generating accounts and they get more signed broker of record letters than those insurance agents who really don't have a micro niche but are in the chicken business and they're just throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks. They are winging it. Well, I want to tell you, there is a much better way in which to sell insurance and that is by focusing down, narrowing your focus into a micro niche. Think bigger narrow your focus, and stay consistent in your prospecting. If you do that, you're going to be well on your way to building a million dollar or more book of business. And so let's get down to it. What are some ways that you can def define and develop your most profitable micro niche? Well, I, as I mentioned, this is probably a question or a topic that I get asked very often and that's why it's usually one of the topics that I address right at the very beginning with the clients that I am working with kind of one-on-one -on -one in their in the coaching relationship. It's because if we don't know what we're targeting, then anything is a target. Can I just say that again? If you don't know what you're targeting, everything's a target. And therefore, if everything is a target, then really nothing's a target. We really have to know who is our ideal, our targeted micro niche client. What is the ideal prospect for you based upon a number of factors such as your strengths and weaknesses as an insurance producer, what your agency has available to them in regards to services, or frankly, what you don't have for services. Do you have a claims management department? Do you provide loss control services? Uh, do you do contract review? Different things like that. How strong are the account managers? Uh, how about even from the standpoint as a producer, are you required to provide a lot of services to these accounts yourself, or do you have account managers who provide those services themselves? What carriers do you have direct access to? What are you appointed with? What carriers then do you have to access through some kind of aggregator, wholesaler, program manager, MGA, MGU? Where, what, what carriers do you have? What is your geographic territory? What about the competition? Are there other agents who have a much stronger focus in that area than maybe you could? All of these things come into play when we're trying to figure out, is this a good area for you to target? So a lot of different insurance producers might say, um, you know, that they want to go after something because they're passionate about it. I would tell you that's probably a pretty good place to start, but it's very rare that I ever see an agent really get, really get successful at going after a passion type of micro niche. And that's because you're too much in the weeds to really be focused on trying to get it done. Doesn't mean it can't happen. I mean, I know some agents who really love tennis, and so they write tennis clubs. Other agents, you know, they love to do fitness, and so they do fitness centers and different things like that. Um, however, I've seen other times in which it's just really hasn't been a very good fit. They're passionate about it. They, they enjoy it. They want it. It's just that they can't make it work because they're too concerned about the passion part of it where really we should be concerned about the, the money aspect of it. We're trying to make money off of this. You can be passionate about a lot of things. Make those a great hobby. It doesn't have to necessarily be the micro niche you're going after.
You know, some people are very much passionate about about a cause, such as pets or uh, maybe a nonprofit, uh, maybe um, healthcare, whatever it is. You might have a you might have a great passion about this particular thing, but it doesn't mean that you can make money off of it. And what I typically find is that those passionate things, those topics that you are most interested in, tend not to be a very good fit for you as an insurance agent or your agency. And so that's a good place to start, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a good place from which to land. So I would tell you, start by listing out some of the passionate micro-niche industries that you have a desire for, an interest in. Because frankly, even though it's likely that you probably won't end there, there definitely are some producers that I know that do play there and they're very successful. So might as well do something that you have a lot of joy at, if you will. Doesn't mean you're not gonna, it doesn't mean you're going to pick something that you're not having a lot of fun and joy in. It just means that, hey, if you can do it, then that's great. Working with an insurance agent right now, he is transitioning his agency from personal lines to commercial. He's in a specific state. He has a, a specialized desire. He has a, an interest in this um, in kind of recreational type of, of industries and different things like that. And so we're creating a marketing plan and a branding plan and all that. But you know, there's a time in which I had to say, but first, do you have the markets that will write this stuff? Because if you don't have the markets that are going to write it, well, that's almost like strike three against you. It's not strike one or strike two, it's strike three. Because you can have a whole lot of interest in, some, in going after something, but if you don't have the markets to write it, you're dead in the water, you will be bankrupt, you're going to starve. So we can start with our passion pro- projects, but it doesn't mean that's where we're going to end. Just as a little bit of a parenthesis here. Because I get asked about micro niches a lot, probably in the next month, you're going to see me um, open up um, a brand new digital course that I've got coming out, which is specifically your most profitable micro niche. I have spent a lot of years and a lot of time kind of working with different agents, figuring out what to go after and how to set yourself up as the go-to expert in the space. It's probably also going to be one of the cheapest digital courses that I've ever put out there. I'm kind of utilizing this now as sort of the sort of open door into everything else that I offer. And I decided that it's going to be micro-niching because it's something that I'm I'm very much passionate about myself. Um, I speak to a lot of different agents about it. I always am teaching on it. And I I frankly feel it's going to provide the most value out there to insurance agents. So again, I mean, it's probably going to be like 97 bucks. I don't even know exactly what I'm going to charge for this thing. It might even be free. I don't know. But it's going to be super inexpensive, and it's probably going to be a great help to a lot of people who are trying to figure out what exactly should I target? What exactly should you target? That's really the focus here. Your most profitable micro niche. Now, as you first create that sort of passionate list, you have to then begin asking yourself a series of questions. And I normally tell insurance agents that when we go through this list, we're probably going to come up with maybe after all is said and done, anywhere from one to like seven different types of micro niches that we feel could be a pretty good fit for you and your agency going forward. But the thing is, is that we're probably going to have to pick one Maybe two, but not three or more, okay? Because you can't be all things to all people, otherwise you won't be micro-niched. Being micro-niched means you're focused in that area, and you can't be focused in that area if you're torn between too many different areas, right? So I want you just to hear, hear me out here. It doesn't mean you can't write other business that comes and falls into your lap. 
If it's good, profitable business that you want to write and somebody introduces you, write that thing. But that doesn't mean you have to spend your time waiting for that stuff to fall into your lap. What micro-niching does is it allows you to brand and market yourself and prospect so much more effectively and efficiently that you will close more business, that you will write more, uh, bigger accounts, you will get more signed broker of record letters, you will be the star at your agency. Everything else becomes easier. In fact, I usually use an analogy of, of a house, building a house. Well, the micro niche, choosing the micro niche is the foundation. Everything else that I work with agents on their prospecting, their message, their C3, their cold call carrot, their timeline of services, everything else is built on top of the micro niche. If you get this wrong, you're going to be in a bad place. You're going to be stuck. So, so important. So, so, so. Are you listening to me? I mean, I'm telling you, I don't know what else you're doing right now, but, but if you've tuned me out, I need you to come back. Because if you get this wrong, you are going to be spinning your wheels, and six months from now, you're not going to be getting the results that you want. And so it really is so important that you get dialed in on what is going to be your most profitable micro niche. Now, I, I tell agents that, this is, it's sometimes like it's, it's not putting the cart before the horse. We're actually building the cart at the same time we're shopping for the horse, right? There's nothing here. We don't know what to do. And so we're not trying to put the cart before the horse. We're trying to figure out what, what should the cart and the horse look like. We're building a cart and at the same time trying to figure out what kind of horse is going to be good for that. So we're putting it all together at the same time. So I need you just to think of this word, remember this word. It's a word that I tell my clients to remember. It's the word pivot. That we, we will go after this sort of one micro niche, but that doesn't mean two, three months from now, if we're not necessarily getting the traction we were hoping for, that we can't pivot into one of the other micro niches. I would probably tell you that at least half of my clients make a pivot. Because you think that something is going to be a really good fit, but then once you start diving into it, you begin realizing, oh, there was this other carrier I didn't realize that was, that was super competitive. Oh, I didn't realize there was um, a direct writer over here who's writing that kind of stuff. Oh, I didn't realize that you know, there was this one issue that my carrier you know, can't handle. Um, like We just get into it sometimes. You don't realize that it was a problem for you. So figuring out your most profitable micro niche is so important. It begins with that first step. Step one was creating a list of the passionate industries, okay? And it's not just construction, for example. It might be, you know, um, maybe you're, you're totally interested in, in designers. Like you just love kind of how architects put everything together. So maybe architects who, you know, are building high-end custom homes, luxury homes, maybe that's a passion of yours. Uh, maybe a passion of yours is um, kennels, um, for pets. Maybe that's something that you're really interested in. Maybe a passion for you is um, hospice. Maybe you have a desire to really serve that particular niche. Maybe you have a desire to serve um, Christian nonprofits or churches or whatever it is. You can have a certain micro niche focus that is a passion of yours. That's first. Create your list. But I want you to remember, now that you have your first list, we have to start asking a bunch of questions. Some of these questions are, based upon the things on that list, one, are there enough of those types of accounts in the geographic territory in which I'm willing to prospect? So for example, if I was, uh, I'm right now living in just south of Nashville, Tennessee, and if I decide that I'm only going to focus on prospecting stuff here in middle Tennessee, 
and I'm not going to go, for example, three, four hours to the east. I'm only going to focus on this one area, maybe just like these, this area around the greater Nashville area. Are there enough prospects in that particular micro niche in my geographic territory where I could write enough of them and make a good living? And by good living, I mean, do I, will I far exceed what I'm kind of hoping to make in a salary and commission? If the answer is no, then either that's not the right micro niche or there's three things. Is either not the right micro niche or we have to create a second micro niche or three, we have to expand our geographic territory. And so instead of middle Tennessee, I might just do all of Tennessee. And if all of Tennessee is not enough, then maybe I do the surrounding states. By the way, you don't have to do something just locally. And if COVID has taught us anything, it's that you don't have to necessarily be local anymore. You can prospect and sell and do a whole lot via Zoom with other businesses across the country. There's no reason why. you, If you're living in Tennessee, you can't write business in Colorado or Washington or Pennsylvania or New Hampshire or Florida. There's literally no reason whatsoever. So it has completely expanded our geographic territory to as big as you want it to be. Doesn't mean local isn't better. I would much rather be face-to-face. It's a whole lot easier to get somebody to sign a broker of record letter when you're sitting there in their office than it is via Zoom. But I'm just telling you that it can really still work very effectively if you just if you expand your geographic territory. But that just becomes the issue. Are there enough of the prospects in this particular micro niche that you're choosing for you to be successful? Then we have to take it a step further. Let's say, for example, I decide that I want to go after child care uh, companies, okay? Child care companies. Well, are there enough child care companies in my geographic territory? Okay, if I'm, I'm going to say all of Tennessee. If, are there enough child care companies in all of Tennessee for me to be successful? Maybe the answer would be, yes, there's enough child care companies to be keep me busy. Now, I don't know what the magic number is because that magic number is very subjective. It's different for each person. And by magic number, I mean how many accounts is enough. For me, I'm very transactional. I will move from one account to the next account to the next account to the next account. I will just start knocking out you know, cold calls left and right. I don't, I'm somebody that would rather have a much bigger list, uh, a larger number, rather than some people who are much more interested in the quality of the account. Like Some people are like, I only want 80 accounts. I'm going to massage those accounts. I'm going to work those accounts. Like That's just not me. But that's subjective. So you have to decide, are there enough of the accounts in the geographic territory you're going after? But you need to take that a step further. Now we need to talk about, if you will, the size of those accounts. Based upon what you want out of your book of business, how much new business in a year is going to far exceed the goal that you have for yourself? I'm not talking about the goal that you're Um, agency principal has for you or your sales manager has for you. I'm talking about the goal that should be far exceeding any goal anybody else places upon you. Does that particular micro niche and the number in your geographic territory and the size of the account, are there enough that are of the size of the account that you will be able to write the amount of new business that you want in a year? And can you increase the the size of your book of business by writing those accounts in your geographic territory over the next five years so that you can build a book of business to the size that you want, whether it's going to be $750,000 or a million dollars or $2 million, whatever it is. Are there enough child care companies 
that are of the size revenue that I want, and will I be able to write enough of those in order for me to actually make it a very profitable micro niche? If the answer is no, even though you might say, well, gosh, I really like these types of accounts. Well, that's great. Good hobby. And it doesn't mean you can't necessarily work on some of the very large ones. It just means that it is not going to be your main micro niche. Did you hear me? That means it won't be your main micro niche. It's just not going to be a good fit for you and your agency and your geographic territory and what you expect for yourself. Now, that subject, subjective number is different for each person. Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the LAAIA? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th at the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island. This has been cast approved. I have lots of agents and agencies that I work with where they will write any business whatsoever, okay? They might be, um, excuse me, located in the sticks um, out in the boonies somewhere, and so they're not necessarily trying to write the very large accounts. They're very much Main Street USA type of agency, and so they will write whatever you know um, just comes across and wants to do business with them. That's a different issue than, say, for example, an agency that's in a larger, even metropolitan area where, you know, say $5,000 is the minimum revenue threshold that the agency places upon their producers, or a $10,000, or a $15,000, right? Every agency is different. Most agencies have or certainly should have some kind of a minimum revenue threshold. I even feel like the agencies out in the sticks should have some kind of a minimum revenue threshold they have for their producers. That is to get them to actually think a little bit bigger and to go after the business that's going to be bigger. Because when you do that, you're going to end up writing more business and making more money both for the agency as well as yourself. So you got to come up with that number. Let's say, for example, the number, just out of the sake of example here, is $5,000 of revenue per account. Whether you're going after employee health benefits or whether you're doing property and casualty, it doesn't matter. When you round out the account, when you write the policies that you have your main license in, if I'm a property and casualty producer, I have to ask myself, is there $5,000 of revenue um, as a minimum in this industry? If the answer is no, that most accounts are going to fall under the $5,000, then I have to cross that off. It's not going to be a very good micro niche for me to go after. But if there are enough sizable accounts that are at least $5,000 or higher, then I'm going to go after that. Now, look, you might have a minimum revenue threshold of $5,000 at your agency, but you might be desiring to go after stuff that's $25,000 and above. So then you have to ask yourself, are there enough child care companies in your geographic territory that are $25,000 of revenue and above. If not, then you need to either 
scratch it, go after or come in with a secondary micro niche or expand your geographic territory. I typically find that the larger the accounts that you tend to prospect, the larger your geographic territory is going to have to be. Okay? So you need to ask yourself those things. Are there enough of those prospects there? The next question that we have to start asking ourselves is, one, do we have access to the carriers that we need to be competitive at? And normally when I say be competitive at, do we typically have the carriers that are number one and number two most competitive out there in that particular micro niche? And by most competitive, I mean they're going to have the cheapest quote. Oh, but Charles, I don't ever sell on price. Yeah, well, tell you what, I don't believe you because nobody builds their book of business by being the most expensive. I'm just telling you right now. Nobody builds their book of business by being the most expensive. Every once in a while, you'll get a prospect who decides to, to pay more for premium, but very rarely does that happen. And so I just it's a whole lot easier to be able to show up with the cheapest quote than to show up with the third most cheapest quote. So when we're picking a micro niche, we're trying to create something that is going to be much easier for you to sell and win. We want this to be your most profitable micro niche. And so do you have access to the number one and number two carriers? As you're going down your list, you have to start kind of like just thinking about it. All right, I've got childcare on here. I've got you know um, lawn care companies. I've got um, furniture stores. I've got architects and engineers. I've got whatever. You've got your list, and you have to ask yourself: Do I have access, direct access, or access through a wholesaler or program manager that I, I have um, the number one and the number two most competitive? If you don't have number one and number two, if you have number one but you don't have number two, I wouldn't necessarily cross it off the list yet, but I would put a bit of an asterisk next to it because it's not necessarily, I think, going to be at the top of the list once we're done. Right? So, for example, let's say you're going after something. You've got like a carrier that's really competitive, but there's also maybe a direct writer out there who's who can be very, very competitive as well. Like, so for example, I remember one agency I was working with, they were going after, if memory serves me right, I think it was um, the oil business, like oil and gas. Um, they were going after it with an insurance carrier, Philadelphia. This was over on the West Coast. But there was also a carrier, Federated, that was like very, very competitive as well. Each of their policies were a little bit different, and it seemed like they were going back and forth on which one was like better priced. Um, for me, that's not something that I would try to make my micro niche. Even if we had a carrier that was pretty good, um, if there's another one that can be equally like as good and just sort of take it away from us, if they just decide, you know what, we're just going to go out and write all this stuff this year, that's not necessarily a place in which I want to put all my marbles. So if I don't have number one and number two, I'm probably not going to make that my micro niche. However, if you do have access to the ones that are number one and number two, then I would say that is a strong possibility for a very profitable micro niche because it sure is a whole lot easier to win the race if you're riding the fastest horse, right? It's a whole lot easier to win the race if you're driving the fastest car, riding the fastest horse, whatever. It's just a whole lot easier to win when you have the best. Now, those are those, those particular issues about the, the carriers. Um, you can also take a look at things like coverages, right? I mean, if, 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 the, if the, the entire industry is excluding, um, has this one strange exclusion, but you've got something for it, that's a different issue. 
you could take that kind of piece by piece, but I would still put an asterisk next to it because we have to look at it is that it's not checking all the boxes yet. All right. So we want to find out, do you have direct access to the carriers or not? Now I want to even get into the number of carriers. Okay. Now this is something, this is actually my personal preference on how to sell insurance. I actually like to go after classes of business that are ugly, nasty, hairy, that most of the insurance carriers don't want because it limits the number of carriers that are available to maybe like three, four, five carriers that are out there total. No, There's nobody else that wants it. And if I have access to those three, four, or five, then I can control the entire marketplace. And there literally is no reason for another agent to get involved. So I like to go after stuff like demolition. I like to go after stuff that you know builds um, or digs deep trenches. I like to go after stuff that drills into the mountainside. Um, I like stuff that has height exposure because it limits the number of carriers. By the way, it usually also increases the premiums because if nobody really wants to write this stuff, it usually means that the prices are going up, right? So not only will you be able to write more insurance and therefore make more money, but you get to control the marketplace. I personally don't like going after classes of business where there's 30 carriers out there that want to write this type of stuff right? Because it's so very difficult to control that. You could just have another carrier come in, just decide, you know what, they're just going to, they're going to underprice everything in order to get market share. And maybe you don't have access to that carrier. Or maybe you do, but you're not going to go out and market every single account to 25 different carriers just because you're not going to try to burn all those bridges. And so you're going to lose accounts at renewal left and right, just because you don't market the entire marketplace. Right, So it, it's not necessarily a right way and a wrong way. This is definitely my personal preference. I like to go after the uglier, hairier stuff just because prices are higher and there's fewer carriers that I can control. Right, And so it's a lot easier then, obviously, to have access to the number one and number two carrier if there's fewer markets and you have access to those. It doesn't matter, though, if there's like, you know, if there's five carriers out there, three carriers, uh, but you don't have access to the most competitive one, you're still not going to go after that business. Right, because you just can't compete. Can't compete. So, if you have access to the number one and number two carrier, it's a very good candidate. Now, we need to start thinking to ourselves in regards to some of your competition. I don't have any problem with competition. I just think that if I can avoid it, then I'm going to be much more successful. Right? I mean, if I can if I can eliminate my competition or go after something where there really isn't much competition, then I'm going to be better off. But if I'm going after something that has a lot of competition out there, then it's going to be much more difficult for me to, to potentially be successful. If there's a thousand insurance agents out there who want to also write in my micro niche and they all have access to the same one or two carriers, then it's going to be more difficult for me to to be successful. Now, there's caveats to that because there might be a lot of other carriers out there, but do they have the same level of expertise as you do? Do they have the same sort of strengths and or weaknesses as you do? Um, do they offer services that you can or can't provide? Um, I know of one agency that really wants to kind of create a practice group in this one particular area, but unfortunately, there is another agency in their city that just flat out dominates the space. And they don't just dominate the space locally, they dominate the space through the entire state. And I just had to look them in the eyes and said, hey, I, I'm, I'm glad that you and a few of your producers really think this is a great like, industry to go after, and I agree with you. It's just that I actually think it's going to be really hard for you to win because 
Um, they have the reputation. They have the relationships. They're the ones who are sponsoring all the, the golf events and all the nonprofit. Um, they're you know, giving money to all the charities for these, these uh, people and these events. Um, they already have the clients that you're wanting to go after. I just think that it's going to be more difficult for you to be successful. So we have to take a look at our competition and take a clear look in the mirror, look at ourselves and our strengths and weaknesses and ask ourselves, is this necessarily the best area for me to spend my time? If it's not, then cross it off the list. Doesn't mean that it, it's a no forever. It just means it is a no for right now. Now, as we start to go through these things, you're going to start to like take away a lot of these types of, of industries. Now, I want to kind of put a little bit of a, a parenthesis on this. A micro niche doesn't necessarily have to be just industry. It can a micro niche is something that really is 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 almost separating you from everybody else. It is a value differentiator that you have that nobody else has. Okay, maybe you have an agency or rather an association relationship with the National Trade Association. Maybe you have access to a carrier, frankly, that really nobody else has access to. Right, might as well ride that horse, right? Maybe you simply just have access to a carrier that, frankly, most agencies don't have access to. It's fairly semi-exclusive. Um, that can be a great way in which to go after this. Um, I also know of a number of agents who they only do program business. They just work with underwriters, managing general underwriters, MGAs, program administrators, and they just write the business that that program administrator is going after, right? That MGA. Maybe their micro niche is, um, um, like for example, going after a service of, of insurance. For example, maybe you are an expert or you have the expertise at your agency for lowering workers' compensation experience modification factors. So maybe you have developed a service at your agency that is really devoted to going after different businesses that have a seriously high debit X mod. So maybe you're trying to go after businesses that have a 1.7 five or higher experience modification factor so that you can do it in a multitude of different industries. And what you're trying to do is go in there and use that as your wedge in which to create the opportunity for you. Great. What that is, is it's something that separates you from the rest of the competition that is unique to you. And it has to be so unique that it helps you to be involved in different ways of prospecting that, that really almost kind of bring your prospects to you. Right? So let's say, for example, that I was walking, um, I'm walking around the street of um, a very sort of um, kind of a busy neighborhood, uh, lots of shops, lots of restaurants, things like that. And I'm kind of hungry. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I just really want some barbecue. Man, I want some barbecue. I want, I want some amazing brisket, and I want some of the best barbecue sauce I've ever had in my life. And I'm just thinking about it. Like, I really want some barbecue, man. I just, I just want some barbecue, and I want some slaw, and I just want to be, I want to eat that. And I'm looking around, but I'm like, I'm not seeing any barbecue restaurants initially. So I'm just kind of looking around, and you know, there's this, this little street vendor there, and he's like, hey, I've got food. I've got food. Would you like some food, sir? My answer is going to be, no, I don't, want, I don't want your food. I want barbecue. See, where I'm going with this is that most agents are saying, I sell insurance. I sell insurance. 
But what I'm really looking for is a barbecue restaurant. See, the thing about micro-niching is that you get so dialed in that you become the most obvious choice of which agent to do business with and that your prospect sees you as not merely another insurance agent out there who's selling food, if you will, or selling insurance policies, but you are exactly what they need. You are exactly what they're looking for. You offer the exact menu that they are salivating over. See, that's what micro-niching does. That's why it's easier to prospect. It's easier to set appointments. It's easier to win new business. It's easier to get signed broker of record letters because you are so completely focused in that particular area. Everything then becomes easier. You create a suite of services on your timeline of services that is uniquely focused in that micro niche. See, you need to get dialed in. Dial yourself in. Your most profitable micro niche isn't something that you just kind of figure out. It's something that you need to take some time to figure out. So I would tell you, if you're still kind of struggling with it, um, Reach out to me. You can become a part of the, the mastermind where you get access to all of this information. Be on the lookout for the micro niche course that's coming up. You know, hire me as your as your coach. We'll go through it. Uh, you and I, one on one. There's a number of different ways in which to figure this out, but I can tell you that most agents do not figure it out all that easily. It does require some time. It requires a lot of thought. It requires a bit of research. We have to start looking into the carriers. Um, I mean, we haven't talked even about a number of different ways in which to figure out a micro niche. And just kind of as another one, like let's say you've got a really good relationship like with a good standard carrier that you guys have a direct appointment with. Well, why not just call the underwriter and say, hey, Mr. Underwriter, it's great to have a good relationship with you. Is there one particular class of business that if I brought this class of business, you would do everything you possibly can to write it for me? That would be a great place to start. There's a lot of different ways in which to figure out a micro niche. But winging it and just going after the stuff that you're interested in is probably not the wisest way to go about it. We have to become a little bit more structured, more strategic. And when you do that, you're going to end up having significantly more success going forward. And so I encourage you, your most profitable micro niche is likely something right now that you are not going after. And if you began to pivot, if you shifted, if you went after something that was a much wiser, much stronger type of micro niche to go after, you would probably have a much easier time in your prospecting. You would, you would begin to set more appointments each week. You will close most of that business. You are going to get a lot of it by B of R. Everything else becomes easier. If there is one thing you can do, it is pick the most profitable micro niche. There's a lot of things that I haven't talked about just because I don't have enough time in just one podcast episode about how to determine and where to find these types of micro niches. But man, I'm telling you, if you can find it, you are essentially writing yourself a blank check and a million or two million or three million dollars could end up being your book of business once you find your most profitable micro niche. My name is Charles Specht. I am the president and CEO of Permission Network, where I teach and train insurance agents how to build a $1 million or more book of business. This is The Millionaire 
Insurance Producer Podcast. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.